If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey guys, guess what? What? It's Mind Pump time. Look, for the first 50 minutes, uh, we just do our fun introductory conversation. After that, we get into the fitness talk. But here's what we talked about for the first 50 minutes. We mentioned the probiotic company, Seed. They actually make a probiotic for women and for men. And believe it or not, the science says there is a difference. Now, we are working with this company. If you want to get a discount, here's what you do. Go to seed.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump for 20% off your first month of the daily symbiotic. Uh, then I talked about another new pet for me. I got another guinea pig oh, man. to play with the other one. It's pretty cool. And the name, by the way, Millie Friedman. So it, oh, yeah, people know well, what that I means. Like, I like that. Then we talked about uh, the show Billions. I don't watch that show, but Adam and Justin and Doug all love it. Dork! And apparently Jocko and Tim Ferriss were on there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Then we talked about Trump's tariffs. He did a tweet which caused the market to... Drop, but there was also some good economic news before that. He's at it again. Uh, Adam brought up Adidas and how they're crushing because they signed Beyonce. Who would have saw that coming? Then we talked about Tumblr and how their value is tumbling. Boom. <laughs> uh, and how Dadtastic. Porn, uh, Pornhub is going to buy Tumblr or talking about it maybe? Huh? We'll see what happens. Uh, we talked about Facebook and censorship and liability. Adam got a speeding ticket. You crazy driver. We talked about my workout variation. You might want to hear that part if you're trying to change things up with your workout. Justin talked about how he cheated uh, at this uh, weekend's uh, Little League game. Yikes. Damn it. I know. Uh, and we talked about how drinking one energy drink may actually cause heart problems. You hear that, Lane? Monster, don't drink them. Uh, oh, before, before we get into the fitness questions, I do want to remind everybody, we are doing a live event May 10th at 6 p.m. in Encinitas, California. There's like five or 10 tickets left. Hurry up and go to mindpumplive.com. It's this Friday. So get your tickets now. When they're sold out, they're done. We're not going to sell anymore. Yeah. All right. So here's, Don't miss out. here's the fitness part of this episode. The first question, what are some tricks or tips this person can use to help reduce the amount of weed that they're smoking. So we give our strategies for reducing cannabis consumption. One of those strategies was to employ full-spectrum hemp extract in order to mitigate some of the side effects of reducing cannabis consumption. Now, our favorite company for full-spectrum hemp is NED. NED makes the best that we've ever found, um, and they're verified by independent laboratory tests. If you go to helloned.com forward slash mindpump, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. The next question, what are the uses for the bison squat bar? Um, we all give our input on that. Uh, Justin, what did the uh, father bison say to his son as he was going off to college? Okay, what, what is it? Bison. Wow. Uh, next fitness question. <laughs> Thank you. Is that off the cuff right there? Yeah, yeah. dude. Was like that, that off the cuff, yeah, really? Like yeah. Wow. Yeah, I hope I get that good. Yeah, you yeah. will. You're going to become a father. <laughs> That, those and puns. The They're next, coming. the next question uh, was: Did you see his all his likes that he got on uh, that stupid thing he said on my Instagram? No, I didn't see that. You you said the dumb poop. I did about, the about oh, shitting yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, and he did make a camping pooping poop, poop joke, yeah. and like two hundred and fifty people liked yeah, it. Like, you, brainwashed man. all you guys. I'm on a roll. Uh, then we answer the question of what we think about the current 
USA food pyramid or food plate. I go off on a rant on what I think the government should be doing instead of what they're currently doing. And the last fitness question, we give our opinions on celebrity transformations. Are they good? Are they bad? Or are they just so inspiring? Stupid. Also, check this out. It's May. You know what that means? Next month, it's summertime. Do you want to look sexy with your shirt off? Yeah. Or do you want to look sexy with a bikini on? Justin wears a bikini sometimes, and he looks uh, quite attractive. Well, look, you have some time to get in shape for summer. Our program that is the best short-term program for burning body fat, the highest calorie burning program that we have, is our MAPS HIT program. HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. And we program this professionally. It incorporates barbells and dumbbells. There's three versions of this program, from beginner, intermediate, to advanced. Use this program to get ready for summer. And to make it easier, we made this program 50% off, half off. Here's what you do. Go to MAPSHIT, that's M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T dot com and use the code HIT50, H-I-I-T-5-0, no space, for that discount. And you know, if you want to check out our other MAPS programs, you can also go to the site, mapsfitnessproducts.com. Hit it up, Sal. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. Oh, yeah. Bring, ding, dong, bring, dong, bring, oh, we got quite a few stuff. reviews this week. We have three winners with iTunes. We have Fitty Wap, Logo 17. <laughs> Honestly, flat. Haley. And for Facebook, we have four review winners. We have Danae Giorgio, Megan Parsons, Ronnie Chea, Felicia Murphy. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Do it, guys. Champions. Hey, man, the Raja Seed episode. Fire. Did so much better than what I would have ever anticipated. Well, I, you, you, it's there's two reasons for it, I think. I knew it would do great. I thought yeah. it was going to be too... Too nerdy. No, really? no, no, no. No, I really enjoyed that. No. I, I, did, I knew people were going to I did that. too, but yeah. we're, we're a couple nerds. Well, I understand yeah, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 that. it was well received. Well, he's a, first off, the information I think a lot of people are interested in. Um, because, it's new information too. And yeah, people are interested in probiotic science because it's a an emerging science. It's, it's impacting every other science uh, related every other scientific field in fact biology yeah. uh, psychology they're looking at inflammation hormone. All over the place. oh it's crazy but he's also remember he was a a like champion debater remember he got he had scholarships for That's yeah. right. so he's just a good speaker so it's a compelling no he's a great he's a great he's a great communicator yeah. you know i had a question for you though so uh, after that episode went up i have quite a few of my old clients that still listen uh, or that listen to the show and one of them was asking me about the difference between uh, that because seed actually has a male and a female they probiotic. Do. They do. And I actually didn't have the answer for her. Do you know what, what the major difference is between the two? Yeah. So they are they have the leading researchers on uh, probiotic science. In fact, one of their I think one of the guy people that works with them was one of the people that coined the term. Yeah, coined the term. He, probiotics. And he, and he was also on the board for the World Health Organization, right? Yeah. So they're on the leading edge. And what they're finding with the current research is that there is a there is a difference between female human and male human microbiome in a few different ways. First, the gut microbiome, they're finding there are some differences. And then, of course, the, the female, and he talked about this on the episode. Yeah. 
women the vagina yeah vaginal probiotic uh, excuse me vaginal microbiomes are fascinating quite unique and the health of that it really helps in in, in terms of reflects hormone health it helps with um, you know because pregnancy your ability to get pregnant your ability to prevent you know certain types of infection disorders whatever so there is a clear difference between uh, men and women and they there they are at the point where they can actually determine if they get a sample, they can generally say where it came from and if it's a male or female. So it only makes sense that you would, to more individualize these probiotics, make a whole segment for women so is and it make like, one for men. So is it like actually different yep. bacteria strains that you're getting for the female Different one? concentrations of mm. different uh, of strains. Okay. So yeah, very similar because we're all obviously the same species, but different in terms of percentages and who gets more of what right that makes so, way more sense than shreds uh you know blue and pink version. <laughs> for multivitamins yeah, yeah. yeah no but you know like i said they're they're the leading edge because it's an emerging science you know it's one of those sciences that there's new stuff coming out all the time and so you want to be with the the company that is the, the that are the ones that are pioneering all this science yeah. uh because it's kind of a new because you know to be quite honest with probiotics generally it's kind of like they're like okay we think this is good Let's give it a shot. But with seed, they're able to figure out what really works, how to really make these things uh, effective for people. I so. thought the the clip that sh uh, Rachel shared on the Mindplant Media page was really cool about how people try and say that probiotics are you know a gimmick or bullshit, mm -hmm. and like by definition that can't be true. Did you read? Did you? No, listen? I didn't see that. What oh, was you that? didn't even listen to that? No, no, yeah, yeah, no. He was just talking about that. The definition of a probiotic is that it has something that you to intake has to fundamentally change. Oh, so it's like the fact that you're to say that it's bunk or it doesn't work is so funny because. But what's happening is a lot of companies are bastardizing it or taking that little of bit of science mm -hmm. and information and then running with it. That's what that's always happens. Some some science will come out and people are interested, and they'll you know marketers will take it and spin it in two different ways so that now you have cereal with probiotics in it. I saw probiotic water. I like I don't understand yeah. and, and they don't have the the right, you know, bacteria or the right concentrations. It's not surviving where it needs to survive. It's not, so it's just it's just a waste. It's yeah. hilarious. Anyway, so how was you guys this weekend? Did, I, did you guys watch uh, Jessica's uh, story? I saw that uh, there may be another creature uh, <laughs> yeah, in, your, dude. in your household you these days. Oh, I didn't see what happened. Oh, she, yeah, she showed oh she showed God. the new. Yeah, really? Yeah, like like a second guinea pig. So it has a buddy or what? Yeah, we have uh, starting a little family. Yeah, mm. we have. We so I, I, somebody people have been sending me these articles showing that I think it's Sweden that makes it illegal to buy one uh, guinea pig. You can't have just one. What? Yeah, because they're, they're, they're really social creatures, and apparently they get real depressed, and it's just not good for them to be alone, unless you're going to play with them all yeah. the time. You no, nothing's worse than an emo guinea pig. We, yeah. <laughs> you got closed. Yeah. 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 The one I had started growing her hair like in her face. <laughs> it's got like face paint. She had an attitude. I was like, what's wrong? She's like, you don't know Purple me. Purple hair. Yeah, I ran back yeah. in the house. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, but I, she started having kind of Let's erratic my own thing. behavior, and I was feeling kind of bad. And then people were sending me articles making me f feel worse. The guinea pig was having erratic behavior. Yeah, like it, what does that look like? She she was like she just didn't look happy. You know, <laughs> it made like a different noise. Like meow. Yeah, yeah. Just when I think you couldn't get any nerdier, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. You could yeah. run out and get another one. Yeah, well, we got another one. <laughs> now they're friends. Yeah, they're 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 little buddies. They hide in the house together. You know? <laughs> it's a good time. Chase after each I, other. I tell you, what, it's so dude. It's funny that there's a whole community out there of people who are like. Super into 
I get all these messages for people. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, there's communities of people that dress up yeah. like rabbits and fuck each other, too. So there is. Yeah, wow. There is. I saw those this weekend, yeah, too. Right? You didn't. I did, dude. There was another furry. The furry con- yeah, I, I figured out there's like two spots. I always see them downtown Santa Cruz, and like now I know where to avoid. There's one that's like this restaurant that's right near the uh, parking lot, and then this other one where it's like this open, uh, th- this new restaurant area that 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 just opened, and so they're that's their two hangout spots. We drove by and saw them again. Well, you remember when we were up in? I don't. This was a long time ago when Mind Pump first started. We were all up at Ju- in Santa Cruz together, and the one time we'd all been up there together when we were at the coffee shop. And walks. oh, you guys saw them while you we were yeah, there too. We were all together. Wait we a minute, us, is right? that is Santa Cruz like a hub? Yeah, like they're there, dude. I keep, I, I captured it on my story one time and like like highlighted it. You'd see people like look at them and then their face was just like ah, like just horrified. So like all the time, like you'll go to these certain areas and they're just yeah. chilling. Yeah, they hang out. That is, I don't weirdest. know what they do later, but yeah, apparently they eat together. Uh, and they they serve them like <laughs> little, a bowl. Yeah, dishes in a bowl. No, they and don't. Water. Shut your face. Yeah, that, you know, that's probably two places that that they do that. Dude, for. I was having a conversation uh, yesterday, and I was talking about how when I was a kid, so you figure the late '80s, early '90s, right? When I'd go out to dinner with my parents, and somebody would be walking around with like purple hair or like spiky hair, like yeah. they'd have the mohawk. My dad would always shake his head, like, oh. Crazy kids, look what they're doing, this and that. Now, if somebody has colored hair, it's like, hey, you, you're a, you know, you must be super conservative because yeah. you don't have conservative. Yeah, because you're not because <laughs> you're not dressed that. like a you're not dressed <laughs> like a furry. You're not dressed like a fox, dude. And, and it's like, come on, man. What am I supposed to tell my kids? Like they're and then they try and like interact with my kids. I walk by, I'm like, dude, beat it. You know, like I'm not, I don't trust anybody with a mask on and is being all like, ooh, like interesting kid. kids. It's like the equivalent of saying, hey, Fuck off. Yeah, do you want some candy? Yeah. Now, how do they interact with your kids? Do they act like the character? They like, they just like, they move all weird and they like come up to him like, hey, and like all cartoony. Dude. I, I just wanted to like kick it, him. I was going to say, does your dad inst- kick Oh, yeah. Kick yeah. yeah. My, my arms got up, you know, and I was like creating space and I'm just <laughs> like, look, I was like, back off. Of course you're gonna do that. Like, you can't even you see fucking, you, you can't even see the person inside. No, the I don't know who that is. It's some <laughs> crazy pedophile that's like wearing a suit. Yeah, hey, come play with yeah. me. Yeah, no, get out gonna, of here. No, that's you're gonna, weird. You're gonna get beat up. Now I know you don't, Sal. You don't watch the show. I know Doug does. And just did you see last night? Well, last night is when I watched it. Released on Saturday night, right? The new Billions episode. And Jocko and Tim Ferriss both both were in I it. I saw that dude. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. right? Now was it just like a quick cameo? Yeah, yeah it's just a cameo. Well, I think Jocko had a couple lines. There's a few scenes though. I mean, they yeah. they were like helping train uh, these two employees from like the different uh, 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 capital firms or whatever, it, and so they they were like both on the the training side of it. Is Billions a uh, HBO? Uh, Cinemax. It's a Showtime. Cine- Showtime. Showtime. Is it Showtime? Show- yeah, not, not yeah, Cinemax. Um, it. It's like the new media space is starting to get into that whole, you know, well, popular space. It right? looks like they are, want to bring in that audience. Oh, right? you mean you mean podcasting, podcasting is starting to move into there? Yeah, I don't remember what movie it was that I watched. That was a mainstream movie, and the dude, I think it was a guy, was listening to Joe Rogan and was oh, watching his, right. his well, YouTube. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously so the creators are smart. Uh, I would I would take a, a guess at a good portion of people that listen to Tim Ferriss and listen to Jocko are also the same type of people that like the show billions. And so I think that was just a, a play on cross pollinating maybe because uh, it was really kind of weird The Tim Ferriss, the, the, the part Jocko, I kind of understood like the, the scene cuts and like Justin saying they were, they were training for a fight 
and you know a- Axelrod gets up and like four o'clock in the morning he wakes this guy up and standing next to him is, is Jocko. Yeah, and it's like military training. Oh, yeah, he's like yelling sense. at him and he's running right. and stuff. Yeah, so he and he's trying to hype him up. So there's a couple of scenes. He's, he's got a couple lines in there and and he's playing he's playing his personality. Although they don't introduce him, but yeah. he's in there and he's playing that role because you obviously know who he is. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then Tim Ferriss was there. It was kind of weird. Like yeah, why, I was like what wh- why, what is he doing? Why he would be there? He was like for, training him on some weird kettlebell snatch like you know and that was it yeah and in i don't know what and boxing like i don't know what he would be doing there helping he wasn't necessarily helping him box but he was that was the whole thing they were training for is so. he known for any of that no he swims well he's he's done a lot like he's gotten he's trained lot, so. from like all kinds of different people but i don't know he stayed at a holiday yeah he did <laughs> he has stayed at a holiday. isn't he like a motivate he's supposed to be like an informational motivational who tim I, yeah you never, never listened to tim ferris no i haven't no he, oh. he 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 always like tries to learn as much as possible he tries to like hyper learn all these different uh, skills and stuff so he brings people on to teach him Really? Yeah, like a gym. He had this like famous gymnastic coach on that taught him all this, you know, gymnastic style fitness training, and yeah. So he's just like he's hungry to learn all these skills. Yeah, he talks does a, about it. He does a good job of exactly that. Bringing in bringing in somebody who is an expert or a professional in an arena in a field, and he 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 learns himself and he shares that journey on mm-hmm. his on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, look at his tools of titans. There it is, right there. There's a clip. See, I now, Doug. I was looking up this this morning before I opened my mouth and talked about it that I didn't read anywhere where it said Tim Ferriss. Uh, I did read where it talked about Jocko, but you guys both confirmed that you were confident that it was Tim Ferriss also. So it'd, it'd be weird that all three of us thought that and it wasn't. Yeah, Doug, well, it says no, Tim Ferriss down there. It's oh, you found it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Good. Yeah. I was Thankfully, like, I know. I I just. I mean, I've seen him before, and I know he's kind of short. So yeah, look how little he is. Yeah. See what see he's, <laughs> he's, he's he, it's not a great shot of him right there, but no. that's him standing there. Well, is Jocko a big dude? No, yeah, I guess that's Tim Ferriss. Oh, I know that. Well, yeah, but is he Jocko's next to a big dude? Okay. Yeah. yeah, Jocko's a bigger guy. Oh, I mean, he looked bigger in the in the clip when they they had him. He was in a couple more clips. Jocko so. kind of looks like Tito Ortiz a little bit. He he's just kind of yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. Tits that was looking g- great episode though. I mean, I'm so I'm watching that right now. So when you saw that, were you like, oh shit, this is? Well, I paused it and I said something to Katrina. We were watching it last night together, and I was like, that was Tim Ferriss and Jocko right there. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And I rewound it. I'm like, that's for sure, Jocko. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Tim Ferriss. And then in the morning time, I got up and and looked it up, and I couldn't find. I didn't find this article right here that Doug just found, that where it talks about Tim Ferriss. But I confirmed it was Jocko, but yeah. it looks like it was both of them. Interesting. The yeah. space is growing, man. Yeah, it's starting to make popular. its way. Uh huh. Yeah, talking about stuff that's growing right now. Uh, Adidas had like a, a record quarter la- last month uh, or last quarter. I think they increased by like sixteen percent overseas. They had like forty percent uh, over. Uh, over profit, like it was crazy. The numbers all from signing with Beyonce. You're what? kidding me. Yeah. So that was that was gross growth, or was that profit? Yeah. I mean, I, I took notes on the the actual numbers. If you want to hear what, what I don't know, Beyonce well, signed with Adidas. Yeah. So, yeah, she just did. So Adidas making quarter one online online sales jumped forty percent. China sales grew sixteen percent, and profits grew by seventeen percent. 
That's uh, huge for a company like Adidas. No, big time. Uh, no, that was crazy. She's well, got they've a lot always, of- yeah, they've always kind of had their their hand in, in the hip hop community, though, right? With the, uh, like Run DMC started out with like all Adidas, and then you had Yeezy like uh, sign that. Well, that this contract. is just the, this is the new model right now. In fact, I was talking to my buddy, uh, and he's like, you know, been paying attention to what we're doing. He's like, man, you got to get you guys got to get like a professional athlete to, you know, rep your shit. I'm like, you know, it's funny we're in a different era now like that when we were growing up that's how you did it like you yeah. get this pro athlete but in, do they not have nearly as much power as yeah these? they just pro athletes just don't have as much power as like these mat now mind you beyonce's like you know she's transcended all of that she's mm-hmm. super super uber famous but for the most part like these influencers have just as much pool and that's what adidas did a really good job i'd say i don't know it was Right when they signed Kanye, from that moment on, they like they went on this tear of just getting all these different influencers instead of dumping so much money into pro athletes. Like Nike's done forever, right? That's been uh, a staple move for them is to s- swoop up all the biggest names in basketball and football and whatever. And it's not that they are not like it's not that Adidas doesn't have like the uh, Messier and like some of these other big name athletes. But they're they're more focused on these like influencers and signing them, which you would have just never. Well, it thought. makes sense because athletes are typically terrible at that side of uh, of their business. Yeah, you know. Whereas Beyonce, you go on her Instagram, you go on her Facebook. She's always entertaining. Everybody. Yeah, and, and she's connecting to people yeah. and she's influencing through that. So it's crazy how it's becoming so much more important. Well, you seen so Kevin Hart like it's sponsored by Nike. Then you've seen, you know, The Rock by Under Armour. So I think that, you know, these other big companies are onto it. It's just a matter of like who's, you know, like Crazy. They're, they're sponsoring. Yeah. Do you guys, speaking of markets, do you guys see the the, the Dow this morning? Oh, from yeah. Trump's news? Well, yeah. With the, so with the tariffs well, in China? Cr- actually, I'll check it right now. So we got a little live update, but the, the market opened and just did dived. It looks like it's climbing back up a little bit, still in the negative. But we had two bits of news. So last week, we had news that tri- tri- trip off this, the lowest unemployment numbers we've had since 1969. Wow. And record unemployment numbers for uh, minorities. Oh, man, the left just hates to hear oh, that. Oh, dude. I, angry about Crazy, that. right? And, and uh, it's going to be very hard to beat Trump if this kind of, uh, if this kind of news keeps coming out because- if there's an economic downturn or something really crazy happens, he'll he you know he'll be beatable. But if it, if it keeps this pace, I don't see them coming near him at all because that's crazy. That's not just a do you great think numbers. That's, do you think? Yeah. It, do you think it can keep this pace? Um, I think. Well, no, it never does. But we have the election coming up, so it's like, can it keep that pace? And, and can the good news keep coming? Till that happens, you know what I'm saying? Well, what do you think is going to happen right now with the market was just happened with China? So it's, uh, we're going to take probably a dip. We did. We did take a dip. Um, Trump is talking about slapping on new tariffs on uh, Chinese goods. And he's very open now about the fact that this is his bargaining chip. He's like, look, uh, this, yeah. is, this is what I can do. I can do this by myself and come to the negotiation table. Otherwise, I'll keep doing this. And here's the deal. The better our economy looks on one end with unemployment and you know GDP and all that stuff, the more pull he's going to have for that kind of stuff. Because every time he raises the tariffs, you know it costs us more money to buy products and goods. But with, with us getting the kind of information, good news that we just got with unemployment, it emboldens him. So imagine now, here comes this, this guy who considers himself 
the master negotiator. He wrote the book, uh, something about the deal, the art of the deal, right? So, so like his thing, right? Yeah. So now he goes to the table with the Chinese, you know, leadership. He sits down. He goes, "Hey, look, I've been raising your tariff. I've been charging, uh, you know, tariffs on your goods, and so far our unemployment went down, and this and that, and the American people." Support me, and I'll keep doing this unless you guys do what I tell you. That shit gives them a lot of power. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see. But the market did take a, a a big dump today because of he tweeted that he would. And it's funny, just an individual tweet from the guy, you'll see the market react. You know, up or down, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, he's so created that. For if you're time. if you're if you're a smart investor, like I'm, I'm on a, a text thread with uh, my cousins um, and my brother, who are all this is what they do for a living. And you should have seen them yesterday. They're like, "Oh fuck, you know, Trump just tweeted this, and you know that the the you know futures are looking crazy because people are you know it's gonna be crazy drop. If you know how to work the market, you can so short it, the market and on stuff on just off his tweet, you know, and make money off of so it. So right is it buy 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 for them right now? I mean, is that what they're? That's what they were doing, yeah. So as the market's taking a dump, they're buying shit that they consider to be on sale. Mm. Uh, but it's it's I mean it, it dropped four hundred points at the open, and as of right now, which is what time is it right now? It's almost eleven o'clock. It's only 200, went up another 200 points. Still in the negative, but mm. really interesting. These are crazy times, man. We'll see what happens. My Here's my theory. Here's what I think is going to happen, my prediction. Not necessarily, you know, the, the guy I would necessarily vote for, but I think he's going to be on, if the economy continues to do well, I, and I'm looking at the, the, the lineup that the Democrats have, he's going to be untouchable. No one's going to mm. be able to touch him. He'll win again. And then because it's the second term, Usually, presidents in their second term, they'll do the unpopular shit that that they were afraid to do in their first term because of fear of not getting reelected. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, just like Obama did, like first term talked about Obamacare, second term forced that shit through. Probably would have lost them the, the second election, but he did the second time because he can't run a third time anyway. Right. I think what Trump will do is if he wins, I think the next step he'll take is he'll cut government spending and eliminate a lot of this bureaucracy, which will piss off a lot of people because you're talking about a lot of people get laid off. That's what I think will happen, but we'll see what Mm. happens. Anyway, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Do you guys, do either one of you guys use Tumblr at all? The, um, it's like a, a blog hosting, um, uh, app or whatever. Uh So it's really popular in 2006 is, uh, when it launched. And in like 2013, uh, Yahoo bought it. Verizon bought Yahoo. But when they bought it, um, they made this decision to pull all the adult content off of it. So it used to be a place where you could- This is free. Free. Say anything you want, talk about whatever, and it and exploded originally. And then when Verizon or Yahoo took it over, they pulled the uh, adult content. And since then, it's been- Just tanking. Yeah, tanking. But the there's one company that's been showing a bunch of interest in it, and rumors are that they're going to buy it, and that's Pornhub. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of oh, fascinating wow. that that Pornhub might swoop up. They may turn that ship around, huh? Right. I think that obviously <laughs> everything they touch uh, <laughs> turns into gold, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It erects to the stars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for that's, sure. That's that's uh, that's hilarious. You know what's funny about all that? So Facebook just pulled um, several big uh, influencers or whatever you want to call them off their platforms because they deem them, you know, have hate speech and stuff like that. So Louis Farrakhan. They booted him off, pissed off Snoop Dogg, uh, whatever. Nobody cares. He they pulled off other people, and a lot of people are up in arms about it. Other people are like, you know, they're a, a private business; they can do that. It's up to them. I agree, they're a private business; they can pull whoever they want. But here's the other thing: I, I heard this angle a while ago, and I thought this was brilliant. So the reason why the phone companies 
were never liable for anything that was ever said over their phone lines is because the way they positioned themselves was all we do is provide the lines, what's said on the lines, we don't regulate, we don't look at, we don't talk about, we don't touch. So we're not liable for if somebody like makes a phone call and like organizes a crime, crime or right. whatever, right? Right. Facebook and all these social media platforms have been so far untouchable because that was originally their model. Like, hey, we don't, we're just a, a platform, just like the phone company. Here's the problem. They're starting to regulate and censor and take people off their, their page, oh, which now opens them up. And I heard this from a- That's a, interesting. I heard this from a lawyer, um, a prestigious lawyer, and I can't remember where I saw it. And he made the case, and I think he's right. If somebody says some shit and it causes some problems, somebody may be able to make a case to sue Facebook. And if Facebook comes back and says, hey, we're not responsible, we're like, you sure are. Right, you You're did said, this. You pulled you, these Yeah, you, and you guys failed to do this. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy position they've put, they've placed themselves. That's interesting. Think mm -hmm. about that. I didn't think about that with the phone companies, right? Like we just we <laughs> we grew up with it, so you yeah. don't really think about what was it like when it evolved and it first started. Like this ability now that anybody can call anybody and talk about whatever they want to talk about. It's really not that different than social media, right? Yeah. It, and the phone and it's that utility. was and yeah. people don't realize that that was a big um, like discussion when phone companies first came onto the scene. Yeah, because there's nothing that stops me from calling your phone number and harassing you and saying put saying shit and doing being crazy. No different than somebody coming on your Instagram page and saying shit like that. Like that's right. Your yeah. option is to block them or hang up the phone, right? That's right. So it's pretty much the same thing. It is. Never it's, thought of that. Except now they're they're totally censoring, they're totally regulating. So now it's more like a magazine or a newspaper. Yeah. So let's say a magazine from 20 years ago or you know 20 years ago printed an article that was all kinds of crazy hate speech and it incited a, a a riot or incited someone to kill someone. They probably could have been held liable or at the very least the case could be made. Right. Well, now these companies are setting that precedence that they're not like the phone company. Right. They're more like a publication. In which case, yeah, they're editing everything, so that therefore it is a publication. Unless you get your hands off and you let people just have discourse amongst each other, yeah, yeah, dude. Then then they're definitely like on all, the chopping block, dude. All it takes is one case yeah. to get taken to court and to win, and then that's it. That's, that's going to change it all. For oh, me. do you, do you think so? Made. I mean, sometimes I think that they're making so much money, it's just like a speeding ticket. It's like, you know, some, some case happens and they're like, ah, oh, I'm suing for $100 million. What's $100 million to Facebook? Well, think about it this way. It's all about the precedence. So let's say somebody sues- Speaking of speeding ticket, I got one this week. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, how, and how fast were you going? Actually, I was, I was, so I was doing, well, we were doing more than 85. When we, I was coming home from- we In went a school up, zone? No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. I'm a bad guy like that. We were actually coming back from up where I grew up, up by Don Pedro Lake. And it's all country roads that I drove since I was a kid and- and, you know, I'm, we're flying on our way. We're actually flying back to- It was like a country sheriff pulled you over or what? Yeah. No, it was, it, was a, it was highway patrol. And he was actually cool. So he pulled me over. But he, well, I was upset at first. I'm like, fuck, really? Come on, we're out in the country like this and you're going to get me on a speeding ticket? There's like two cars on the, you know, yeah. on the road and we're, we're mobbing down. Pulls me over. Uh, but he ended up giving me just a, a fix-it ticket for my, my, uh, we're at our, my driver's license doesn't have our new address on it so it was cool like he could have nailed me for like they can give you a ticket for that yeah for sure. not having the right because you moved 
Yeah, and you haven't updated it on your driver's license. Uh, did you get the new the new ID the real the real ID real from ID, the, yeah, yeah. What, what is you do that yet? Ass. What does that look like? It's pretty like I don't know when it happened. Same thing just has like different badge on it. Yeah, yeah, so if in order to like fly in the country, you have to have a real ID soon. Yeah. Oh, no, or you'll no. have to use a passport. Yeah, yeah no. Well, I have a passport already, but yeah. it, I didn't get like. What, what does it look like? Does it look like something different than like the driver's license? Yeah, looks it looks like? a little bit Just different. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, they but it's like no, a, I don't think so. a California bear <laughs> on the top. Hold on a second. Why are you smiling so hard yeah. in your driver's license picture, bro? <laughs> I'm happy right <laughs> now. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a Life's good. It's a happy day right there. Is that your original picture? No. Original? No. Then why are you so happy? You're an adult. You got a driver's license. Who cares? Yeah, I'm excited, dude. Excited for a new picture. Look at the smile, bro. Yeah. One I, had I get to drive. The one I had before this, I don't know if I still have it in the. Uh, sh- sh- well, you guys saw my old, my so old one with my glasses. I went, I went, I had to my do fat it. Fat face, you remember that one? I had to do it for. So I was uh, refinancing my house, uh, and I needed to get. I needed my driver's license, and it was expired. And so, like, I had to go down, and just so happened to be, I got nailed with like the flu. And so I went down and took the the picture. This is like years ago. This is over 10 years so ago. So you had a flu picture? Oh, yeah. So the picture before this. So maybe that's why I'm so happy because I was like, for years, I had this like, <laughs> like I mean, ju- just once. looked terrible. Yeah. So I did my hair and, you know, I my makeup and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. So I'm going to look good. If I get pulled over, I'm going to look good. <laughs> to make it look all awesome. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's you hilarious. never know. We're, we're, we're now in the limelight and shit like that. If my post, my, you know, I don't want like my criminal picture if something bad happens. I want a good image oh, to use. Oh, bro. <laughs> I think it would be great if they did that. Didn't we do that to each other a long time ago? What? Oh, yeah. We staged it. Yeah. Didn't we? No. Didn't we post our driver's license photos? Yes. If you look way back on the Mind Pump. It's already on the internet, bro. Yeah. We we did that. Just like blocked out the information. I think that was the old one. I think you got- really old. Yeah. I think you got an old one. This this is relatively new. Like it's not the, it's not the old, old one where I looked really, I had the flu. I looked terrible. And the Uh, one- We all looked horrible. The one before that was still, I think my original one from when I was 16 and I had like bleach tipped hair and <laughs> weighed, weighed like I had a, a shaved head and weighed like 135 pounds I remember I get yeah. pulled over to try to go to clubs like that like, it looks like you ate this guy this is not <laughs> your this is, that's why I look at my 16 you know what I'm saying this like, your, yeah. your son yeah dude uh, this, so this morning I was working out in my garage and I kind of was in a hurry and you know it takes time to switch exercises with free weights right and I had to finish my workout in like 45 minutes but I want to do high volume and I revisited an old uh, technique that, I mean, we, we've probably talked about it a few times on the show, but I'm like, God, I should bring this up uh, on the podcast. So what I, it was a high volume workout. So what I was doing, I was doing between eight to nine sets per body part. And typically the way I do this is I'll do three exercises, three sets each, right? Nine sets. Instead, what I did was one exercise, nine sets all the way through. So rather than doing a lot of ver- variety on the exercises, it was just a shit ton of volume on single exercises. I love to do that. Yeah. And I forgot about- I, I like the simplicity of that. I'd, I'll do that with squat or bench on some days where it's just like, I'm just going to do like all just of that. keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know, here's the Every time I do that, I feel it, the, 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 that workout, it feels different than when I change a lot of different exercises. And I think it's just because it hammers the, the angle of pull, it hammers that, particular specific movements and you just squeeze out the you know the maximum benefits of that whatever particular exercise you're doing yeah well i feel like i hone in on that movement a lot when i really just stay in that same you know movement and like uh you know for multiple sets in a row you really start to feel the effects of it even. yeah well, it's like what we talk about your our bodies are adaptation machines yeah, and right? i haven't done that in a while yeah and yeah. if you've if you always train in the three to at most five 
you know, set range and you're never doing more than about five mm -hmm. sets at most, nothing better than to fucking shock the hell out of your body and do 10 sets of, of an exercise yeah. and watch what happens. And what I try to do, what my, my aim is I'll pick an exercise and I'll do a rep range. And the goal is to be able to maintain that exact amount of reps for all nine or 10 sets or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like the first few sets are kind of easy, but man, you hit, you can tell that I can tell that I typically train three to four sets per exercise. Yeah. Cause after set number four, <laughs> I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. My body's like getting weaker all of a sudden I'm I, pushing through my so like go to, uh, I mean, when I take breaks where I've been off for a couple of weeks from training and my first day back, it was, uh, I'd used to always first day in the gym it was 10 by 10 of squatting 135. I'd squat 135, 10 sets, 10 reps, all the way through. And it doesn't sound like very much, but I tell you what. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So sad. No. Oh, yeah. No, mm -hmm. absolutely. Did you guys get yeah. your back in? Because I remember last week you guys were talking about how you both, you, neither one of you had worked out for a whole week. Did you guys get any exercise in? Yeah, yeah no, I, I did. Yeah, I got I got in a couple of workouts this week. And uh, in between my coaching sessions for all my, you know, my kids' Oh, teams, what's going on with that? Dude, I, so this weekend was busy. We had like a couple double headers. And like I was, I was out there uh, on third base, like doing my my third base coaching. And this is where like, you know, I do most, I do most of, uh, I help the team out the most in terms of like coaching. And so the kids are like, now they can steal and they can do all these like, um, new additions. Like they can bunt, they can do like they're doing kid pitch and stuff. So it's been this evolution of like, uh, you know, double a, they kind of introduce new variables. And so, uh, so of course something happened with, with, you know, Ethan again, my kid where, uh, like I was coaching third and there was a, a play in a situation where he hits the ball and it sort of goes towards first base. He makes it to first base. There's an overthrow. There's, two people on base already before he starts running, you know, so there's, there's two runners potentially ahead of him. So one of them makes it all the way. I'm, I'm rounding him to, to home base because there's all these overthrows. And so the first guy scores. Then the second guy is kind of running, and then he gets the third base, and he starts running back because he thinks he's going to get thrown at home. Meanwhile, my son's running as fast as he can towards third, and then he's rounding third. Now they're both together, like right oh, in front shit. of me, like this. And I'm like, oh shit! So I'm telling the other guy to run home, and then I'm telling uh, my kid to go back, and he's not going back. He's he's almost lapping the other guy. So my instinct was, boom, grab him, and I clotheslined him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know what happened, dude. Is that illegal? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like he should have been out and I totally like like just just annihilated my kid. Hold on, your own son? You yes. You reached into the game. Yeah, because he kept running and I'm like, no. And like I just stuck my arm out and he's like and like landed and uh, I picked him up, put him back, you know, real quick. And like, <laughs> and like, like my hands went up in the air, like, ah, it's not me, you know, cause technically he would have been out and then they would have got out of the, the inning. And this was a really intense tight game with like, uh, this team, the Yankees that were like, you know, they have our number. So you wanted to play so bad. He just had to Yeah. Play. I was so like, I was what, like into it. So what happened? Did you get in trouble? No, they like they let that go. Parents didn't freak out. Nobody freaked out. There was nobody that saw it except for like like all the parents on our side. You know, from that angle, they all saw me like totally clothesline. And somebody took a video. I'm gonna try and find it. But oh, really? oh no, yeah. So what did your son say after? So bad. Was he mad? He's like, Dad, did they win? Like, yeah, we won that game. So that that was like we just barely squeaked it out by like two runs. So. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so that one mattered. Like if they would have caught that, we probably would have either tied or lost. So. Yeah. 
how many you, two games? How many games did you play this weekend then? So we played four games. This oh shit! Yeah, dude, it's, it was a crazy weekend, dude. Because uh, my youngest had some games too. So yeah, they were doing all these makeup games because of the rain. So we're, I'm like, I'm I got one tonight too. This is crazy. Is that considered cheating that you did that? Yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to get involved. Yeah. Now I remember when we first started talking about the you and the training with your oldest, you because the youngest is like the born athlete, like he's more most like you. And right. I remember when uh, your oldest was first starting to get into baseball, you were kind of concerned if he. What, how's his progression been? I mean, are you guys yeah is he getting better? I mean, it's been a a real transformation with him in terms of like what I've seen him hitting wise and what I've seen him like mechanically like. There's there's points where I think like catching is is something we really need to work on because he still has that like flinch kind of reaction. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I, th I think it, it, when he gets older, like he, you know he'll be more comfortable with like. But like that's his first reaction is to be like ah, and like it goes right past him or it like hits his glove and he doesn't like squeeze down. And there's so many little nuances I have to like stay on top of it though. Like he, he just needs all those coaching cues like yeah. all the way through. It's crazy, oh, yeah. that's but awesome. it does make a difference. I want to come watch a game. I would love that. Dude. Yeah. yeah. That'd be so fun. I've got, I've got two, two nephews, little nephews that played, well, one of them is already out of college and he played in college. And then we have a, a young one that's, that's coming up right now and he's only 12 years old and he just, he doesn't quite have the athletic abilities as like he, the older one has. And he had a, we were, we were just discussing this like the week before. And I'm like, really, are you sure? You know, like, he's like, no, nah, you can just tell by this age, you can just see if they, he's got or not. Well, one of uh, Katrina's family members, friends comes over and he's got like a, a nine-year-old, right. That comes over and this kid is throwing the ball with the kid that went to college playing, playing baseball. And they're playing this game that I never played. Um, I forget what he called it, but it's the baseball heading towards your face is two points, uh, in your, in your chest or stomach is one point. And then, anything, and it's like, so the, if you catch it, those are the points. So it's like, get. so imagine Justin and I being about, uh, I would say 20 to 30 yards away from each other and we're, we're whipping it at each other back and forth. And every time I throw it at Justin, if he catches it right in front of his head, I get two points for that, for being right on, right? Throwing oh. it right on point. If he catches it off to the side, I don't get any points. Hmm. And it's like the first person to, to 21. And he was playing with this little kid. He got beat by this little nine-year-old kid who was just just flinging the ball at him. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy to There's see some skilled kids like that. Oh man, you could. See, I didn't realize what a difference until I saw that kid playing. He's like two years, two three years younger than the one that my other nephew. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, dude. My my, I used to have a client yeah, who stark. had a grandson who's both of the the kids' parents were college D one athletes. The, the father was soccer and the mom was uh volleyball and this kid was three years old and he used to have a plastic baseball and a plastic bat three years old he'd throw it up boom throw mm -hmm. it up boom every time never miss you pitch to the kid boom he'd knock it every single time yeah as that kid grew up he was just the 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 challenge that they had with the kid was how to treat to to teach him to not be so cocky because oh, he was yeah. just, he was always the best. He was Way just so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so when I would train this lady, she was like, I would talk to her about him and I'm like, how do you do? And she's like, well, I mean, 
She's like, he's doing good. He's always good. She's like, he's becoming a little shit. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, because he talks shit the whole time and about this and that. She's like, I'm trying to figure out a way to knock him off his podium so he, you know, he learns how. Which is an interesting challenge if you think about it, right? Right, right. Because yeah, if you're, you can, man. Yeah, well, you spend so many years of building him up and building his confidence. Well, he was just up. like that since he was two and three. Turn him into a Deion Sanders or something like yeah. that. That's like well, you know, owns. Well, it. think about it. Let's say the kid grows up and he's always just crushing people. Yeah. At some point, he's going to hit an obstacle. If he never learns how to do That'll that, that'll be great. That'll yeah. be great and humbling. Hopefully, yeah. he hopefully it doesn't happen when he's a you know, Tiger Woods, bro. That's yeah. just, you you know? ever seen videos of Tiger Woods oh, when he's here? It's amazing. Yeah, same thing. That's and probably crazy. really cocky and arrogant yeah. for most of his life. Dude, and then you get caught sleeping with a bunch of hookers. Yeah. Oh, you know, a piece thing. of humble pie. Yeah, that's what always happens. Just get served. Speaking of kids, did you guys see the study that was, or the article that's making the rounds on energy drinks? No, no. And okay. kid, so why are you gonna do this? You scare us no, right now. I bring my rock star to work uh, one day. I'm not gonna scare you. Always it's fine. Let's I'm hear it. This one goes out to Lane. So what they found was people who drank energy drinks a lot had an 85 percent increase in cancer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding with you, Adam. It's freaked everybody out. No, no. What they found with this? So this is a study that came out that found that uh, energy drinks could trigger nasty side effects like heart problems and seizures in half of the kids that they studied. And so now these energy drinks, it's caffeine is the issue. And you guys know as well as I do, caffeine is a, I mean, it's a, it's a potent drug. It's one of the most, it's the most used and potentially abused drug. Uh, in potent legal drug, right? It's, it's it, well, Sorry, well, the, the LD50 on it's not even that high. Like abused. Yeah. So it doesn't take a whole ton of caffeine to become toxic. In fact, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not regulated at all. Any kid could go to Starbucks and buy super strong coffee and can go back and get a second and third one and a fourth one and potentially cause problems. But that's okay. We've all learned kind of how to mini, you know, how to manage this kind of stuff. Well, energy drinks, because they're kind of advertised to kids, like I was at um, Target and I saw uh, they have a gaming energy drinks now. Have you seen these by Mountain uh, Dew? Yeah, no. They've yeah, made- they're going after the gamers now. Um, and you can dirty. tell by the flavors and the colors, you know, that who they're kind of targeting. Well, what's more, di- dude, remember when you had all the different gums that were just like, uh, like cigars, cigarettes, yeah. and, yep. and chewing tobacco? Yeah. It's like, what are we teaching these kids? Yeah, but they didn't have to, they didn't have nicotine though. That's true. Yeah. That's, it was, it wasn't <laughs> that's like, a big distinction. Yeah, it wasn't like gum, yeah. you know, candy cigarettes with actual right, nicotine. We're still actually giving them yeah, caffeine. caffeine. So what I think this is starting to show, just because of the popularity of them and, and that so many kids are drinking them, is you're going to start to see some, already some places are passing laws saying you can't sell uh, energy drinks to kids. Well, I mean, when yeah. when when did uh, Starbucks come around, Doug? I mean, we were already out of high school or close to leaving high school when Starbucks even became yeah, a thing. Nobody's like, yeah, going to Starbucks. Well, or now if you're in high, I could just imagine, I because mean, I know if I was... In, that's in like a school. place to hang out. Well, kid, we didn't. Nobody drank coffee when I was a kid. Yeah, coffee was what adults. That's did. what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but when now that Starbucks is there, I think probably I don't know what the what's the percentage of high schoolers you think that are drinking coffee now? Oh, it's at oh, least I mean, a, it's at least a quarter, right? It's oh, at least I would, a quarter. I would, I would, more think, than that, more, I would yeah. think more than that. I don't know, but it's at least that in my estimation. Yeah, it's because a lot. it's become a Jeez. thing. Yeah, Frappuccino I mean, when I when I go into a Starbucks shit. now, you see all ages now. Yeah. And what about the energy drinks? They weren't when we were kids. There was Jolt Cola. Yeah, that which was, had like fifty milligrams. Of you get that at, at like Chinatown. Yeah, it was like sixty milligrams of yeah. caffeine. It was like nothing. Yeah. And Red Bull wasn't even a thing. No. And then Red Bull came out, and so now it's becoming this big thing. So I think what's probably going to start happening is you're going to start to see some regulation and some backlash with some of these energy drinks because some of these energy drinks are are silly. They're just silly. Like I, 
there was one the other day that I saw. It was like 300 milligrams of caffeine in a drink that ta- that fl- was flavored like I think it was like pe- it was like cotton candy flavor. Or something you know like what's that. gonna happen? That's you, fucking. Oh, that's too much for me. We're gonna see like uh, you know, like the Tide Pod challenge. There's gonna be like some stupid challenge I around like. Drink thirty rock stars in a thirty in thirty minutes. Oh, I'm something, sure it's already happened. And you'll die. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll be something stupid like that that'll get them busted. That's interesting theory. Like I don't know what'll happen with that. If that's something that we'll see, uh, you know, backlash. Yeah, it'll take one big uh, national headline. You know, some kid or yeah. whatever, and then that that'll start the legislation with you know politicians trying. Definitely, to- yeah, yeah. Something to be yeah. concerned there was with, a, with kids. There was a kid not that long ago who you used to be able to, and I'm pretty sure it's illegal now, you used to be able to buy powdered caffeine. Yeah. So like, you know, you could buy- and powdered alcohol. Yeah, well, that's, that's another, another story. story yeah. But at least powdered alcohol, you have to be 21. Can you uh, snort right. it? What? <laughs> I mean, I mean could you, did people snort it? stopping you. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good question. Imagine that. You, you might be able to. That's a good <laughs> question. Well, anyway, so what happened? This, burn. this was made national. So? This made national Maybe. headlines. Anything will burn. I think you just put it up your nose. Yeah. yeah. This, this, there was powdered caffeine, and people would buy in bulk, and they'd put like a little bit in their, their you know, to make their own pre workout or whatever they were going to do. Some kid bought it, and his friend dared him to eat a tablespoon of it, which turned out to be. Like two thousand or twenty five hundred milligrams of caffeine, he died. Oh wow! And, and then they Damn. made it. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you can't buy powdered caffeine anymore. Pretty sure it's illegal. So this quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Bear Bowen. What are some tips or tricks to help reduce the amount of weed I'm smoking? Mm. Cannabis, you know, it's uh, because of the legalization efforts, which I applaud. I don't. I think people should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies. I think there's there's this been this also this message because of it that cannabis is totally totally harmless. Yeah, it's like fair game now. Yeah, like it's harmless and do as much as you want. And um, I think it's important to note that, and this this question is highlighting it. Anything can be abused, anything. And yeah. cannabis uh, is no different than anything else that can be abused. It might not have necessarily the the same acute negative effects as alcohol, but I've seen what too much cannabis can do, and I've also felt it. And what tends to happen to me is I start to feel, first off, I get the less of the benefits of the cannabis, and then I also notice I feel less motivated and overall down. It's like a, it's like this the, my, my overall level of energy and enthusiasm and all that stuff, motivation just kind of comes down a notch. And so I'm not uh, as sharp. And so I actually recently um, reduced the amount of cannabis that uh, I was using significantly. And uh, I paid attention to how I felt while I was doing it. So the first time I did it, I said, I'm going to go off completely for about three weeks. But I did notice um, I had issues with sleep for that first week or so. And I had these really fucked up dreams, like really vivid, crazy dreams that, and I've read that that's uh, a common um, side effect. Um, but I, I, I went through the process. Then I started going, going back and started using a very low amount. And then uh, after that, I tried to reduce it again, but I did something a little bit different. There's two things that I did. And this is kind of the strategy I do with caffeine as well, which I think caffeine is way harder to come off than, than cannabis. At least it was for me. 
what I'll recommend to people with caffeine is I'll tell them to cut their total caffeine intake by a quarter <clears throat> every week. And so by the fourth week or by the fifth week, they're off. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're doing a full cup of, of coffee week one, you'll go down to three quarters of a cup and, and then fill up the rest with decaf. By the fourth week, it's all decaf and then you're off and that you still feel you still don't you can tell that you're going off or you're going down, but it's not this huge like boom, you know, big difference. So with cannabis, I found that and I've had a couple clients I've helped through this process as well. As I'll tell them to do the same thing. Take your total usage, be honest about it, reduce it by a quarter each week until you're down to none. And then one other thing that I've done that um, seems to have helped, and this is my anecdote. I don't have any studies to support this. This is my own anecdote, is to, as you're reducing the amount of THC that you're consuming, to increase the amount of CBD, CBD. Yeah. that you're consuming. I've done that too. Have I, you? I, yeah, it's weird that you mentioned that. That was like, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new. I'm not like, you know, super... Uh, like big user of, of cannabis or anything, but like over the last year or so, mm -hmm. like I've, I've loved to like intermittently use like five milligrams and it's helped me kind of relax and also like be more creative. And, um, but I have found that like, I'll get in, I'll get on these like runs of like a couple months where it's like, it's reoccurring. It's like five, six times a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I start to kind of, you know, get a little bit addicted to that to where, uh, I started to to then uh, introduce more CBD and then start scaling it out by keeping the amount of CBD uh, high while reducing the amount of uh, well. What are you What are you guys using the the Ned Dropper or yep. what are you guys using? That's what I use. Yep. Now, yeah. That's it. Now in the past, what I would do is I would go to the dispensary and I would get uh, extremely low or no if I could find it. It's hard to find THC cannabis, and I would just use CBD cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, but I I like this a lot better because I'm not smoking anything and it's it's a tincture, you know, you just, or the dropper or whatever. And here's the thing with CBD. So here's why you, here's why this might be a good strategy. At least this is my theory. First off the, it's the intoxicating effects of cannabis that people are wanting to reduce when they're trying to reduce their cannabis usage. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they don't want to be high as much. That's where they're, that's mm -hmm. where they're noticing the negatives. Right. And that's probably where, where they are getting some of the negatives. CBD isn't, uh, psychoactive. It's not going to get you high. And it doesn't interact directly with the two uh, cannabinoid receptors that THC does. But what it does seem to do in the body is it seems to uh, improve your body's ability to use its own endocannabinoids. So in my opinion, this is a smart, smart strategy, excuse me, because you go down on this phytocannabinoids or exogenous cannabinoids, meaning your body's not making them, you're reducing that. Your body's probably trying to boost up its own natural endocannabinoids, but they're not quite high yet. CBD makes your own cannabinoids and maybe even the phytocannabinoids that you're still consuming more effective in the body. So it kind of lessens the blow mm. of going off of uh, of cannabis. So I found this personally, um, and for a few people that I've worked with, they've gotten the same thing, like really good results from it. Kind of mitigates some of those negative uh, side effects. That's that interesting. Get, I've yeah. never tried. So I, you got me a long time ago and that's just how I use my Ned is I, anytime I smoke, I just, I drop, I take a dropper of the Ned at the same time to try and make even out the THC to CBD mm -hmm. ratio. Uh, and I, that just makes me feel better period. So, uh, but I've never used it like as a, you know, tapering off, uh, off of marijuana, you know, and I really think this is something that everybody has to kind of figure out for themselves individually, because, 
you know, I know people that uh, function very well on quite a bit of cannabis use. I know other people that just a little bit of it and it throws them off completely. And so I really think that everybody has to kind of find their, and the same thing with like caffeine, right? So I'm, I, I've learned over all the years of, of using caffeine, using cannabis, that there comes a point where it starts to affect other parts of my life, whether that be socially or it be sleeping at night or my, uh, you know, ability to podcast better. Like there's definitely a, a point that when I get there, I know that it's starting to give me diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. And that's now, all. What do you notice? What are the diminishing returns from the cannabis? So the, I, I'm not as sharp on the podcast. Mm. So um, I'm also less social, less active. So um, I typically am less motivated to, to lift and work out um, I or even get around, do things around the house that I need to get knock out and get done or be productive for work. Just a, I'm a less productive person when I'm on it, which is why I'm really good about waiting till like the end of the night before I kind of, when I'm winding down mm -hmm. and that's when I have my, my little, and I haven't, for me, because I, you know, I've shared on the show that, you know, I, I smoke rolled joints. Katrina rolls me joints. And I know that when I get to about where I smoke a half a joint, that's kind of my, that's like a, to my, uh, what I would say my 300 to 400 milligrams of caffeine. Those are my, that's your number. That's my number, right? Yeah. Once I, when I start hitting that and then I, and I find that I'm having to hit that just to feel the the positive effects from it, I know it's time to go back mm -hmm. the other direction. And, you know, that's just been through years of trial and error and allowing myself to go beyond that and seeing the negative effects or keeping it much lower and seeing where I'm at. And so anytime I reach that that threshold on both caffeine and marijuana, and I kind of been staying there for maybe a week or two, that's normally my sign that, okay, it's time to wing myself off mm -hmm. for a few days or some, and depending on how long it's been too, if I've been really consistent days, like in a row, I'll wing off for a whole week when it comes to cannabis use and caffeine very similar. And I agree with you, Sal, like uh, caffeine will give me like the headaches and I'm really tired and fatigued and so not having caffeine is way harder than cannabis. Cannabis, I find, as long as I keep it at that, that that's my peak. It's not really that tough for me to to pull. To I can co completely cut cold turkey from that point. So mm -hmm. from just somebody who has a half of a joint at the the highest in a day, mm -hmm. I can all of a sudden just say it's not that hard. Yeah, I'm not going to have any for the next week, and it's not like oh god, I need my. I week. think it's you definitely feel a physiological withdrawal, but it's mild in comparison to other substances. But like caffeine. But there's a lot of people that are, just like with anything, right? They get this psychological addiction where it's like, I need it just to, yeah. you know, because- Well, it's part of a ritual that, that they that, established. That's probably actually yeah. the hardest part. The yep. hardest part for me is actually, that's why it's really easy when I go like on vacation or do something that I don't need. It's not need. there. Yeah, it's not there. I have a, a ritual that I do. It's like, you know, once I wind completely down and I decide to sit down and watch my Netflix series for the evening or whatever, and it's seven, eight o'clock at night, you know, I plop down on the couch. One of my favorite things to do is to reach over on my coffee table and, you know, take a couple of hits off the joint and then put my feet up on the couch. So the, I find myself more addicted to the ritual than I am actually the substance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I, and that, so one of the hacks, I guess, for this person is pay attention if you have similar things like that and create new habits around that time for a while totally. while you're, you're pulling yourself off. So instead of me sitting down and watching TV, maybe that'd be a good time for me to like, oh, this week, 
at eight o'clock at night when I would normally sit down and watch Netflix, I'm going to discipline myself to read because mm -hmm. I don't have a desire to smoke weed while I'm reading one of my books. Mm -hmm. So maybe find a, a different habit or that you can meal prep, whatever, whatever it may be that you, uh, you, you wouldn't naturally want to go gravitate to smoke. Yeah. And it's funny too, because you can find studies that'll show um, that when people, because when you use a lot of cannabis, one of the big side effects of it is short-term uh, memory degradation. Like people just don't, like you said, Adam, feel a sharp, not able to recall, uh, you know, short-term memories as quickly. This is with heavy use mm -hmm. and anybody who, 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 who smokes weed and denies it, you're full of shit. Like smoke a lot of weed, guaranteed you'll see uh, when you test that you're just not going to remember stuff as well. And it, it, what they find in some of these studies is that when you do it with CBD, some of that isn't mitigated. And they've shown this. This other major side effect of a lot of cannabis use is anxiety and paranoia. That can definitely happen in people when they go heavy, heavy use and they're using it on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. Also, when you take CBD with THC, they find it doesn't cure it, but it does mitigate a lot of the effects. When they, when they do these big, long studies, they find people who use lots of THC, the rate of anxiety and paranoia and those types of feelings goes up a significant amount. When people do use a lot of THC but also use a lot of CBD with it, mm -hmm. there's a difference. Um, and it's just funny to me because the old school cannabis probably was relatively balanced. It probably had. No, it absolutely was. And we, we just bred it to be super No, no we, ha we have the, I mean, it was like 12, 12, 15% THC. That right? was considered strong. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That was like the peak was like 12, 15% C or, uh, THC where- now we're pushing twenty north of twenty five. Yep. I mean, you're talking about it almost a double increase in, in THC levels in the CBD. The ratio hasn't isn't the same, right? Mm -hmm. So the the CBD has been relatively the same, even when it was in the the low twelve to thirteen percent. So the the ratio of CBD to THC is was you know relatively high or better a better ratio, you should say. And then when we went up to like 25, it's just not the same. That's yeah. you, when you shared that with me, that was like that. That's how I use Ned majority of the time for me is I keep you'll it. You'll do I, it. Then you'll yeah, have I your keep tongue. it in the same place. And, and you know, we, you know, you put it on your tongue for about 30 seconds to a minute. So I'm literally, first thing I do, drop the net underneath my tongue, get my stuff all ready mm -hmm. out, put it on the coffee table, get my show ready. And then I rinse it down and then I go right to light and right after that. And yeah. it's, I, I definitely feel better off of that. Yeah. The main reason I see people using it, um, is, uh, enzeolytic. That's where I keep getting messages like, Oh, it helps me with anxiety. And mm -hmm. these are people who don't use cannabis. They just got the net because they wanted to see if it helped yeah. them with the, with those effects. That's the biggest, uh, thing. But the kind of sleeper is what we're talking about because as cannabis use goes up, I think you're going to see more and more people realize like, oh shit, like I should probably balance this out with something that's going to, you know, take away some of the negatives. Next question is from Alejandro Sanchez takes photos. What are the uses for the bison squat bar? That's, yeah. our, that's our guy. Yeah. It, uh, wait, who is that? That's who, who, that's who just shot our last oh, it is. Mind Pump Live. That's right. That's All right. right. shot our Seattle mirror. <laughs> so the bison bar is that kind of curved bar where the weights are lower than the middle of the bar that's sitting yeah. on your traps. And there's different variations. I know the bison one is specifically the curved one, but then you have bars that are more jagged, right? They come out straight and they drop down and yeah. then they put weights yeah, on the when side. Yeah. You, when you originally picked the question, I thought that that's what we were talking about. I, I'm not even familiar with the name of that bar. I've used that bar. I know there's a few bars out there. There's a safety bar. There's a yoke bar. There's all these like different kind of variations of that, but they all like are 
you know, the, the whole thing's about like where they're loading the weight. And that's mm. what's interesting. Now, I don't have a ton of personal experience using these bars, but just by looking at them and this little experience I do have with them, the big difference really if obviously is the placing of the weight, which would change the uh, it, it, would, it would change the lever a little mm-hmm. bit. So what I mean by that is, uh, so if you took a broomstick and you lifted a broomstick by the middle of it, it would be a lot lighter or easier to lift than if you grabbed the very, very end of it and tried to lift it out straight in front of you. And that's just physics. The, mm-hmm. the lever gets longer. If you put weight further away from you on, the, on, on a long lever, it's going to feel heavier than if you move it closer to your body. Mm-hmm. And so this changes the lever a little bit in the sense that the weight is lower on the body, so you don't your upper body isn't so long of a lever with the placement of the weights. So it, it feels like there's less of that back involvement and extension. It feels yeah. like there's more of your hips right. or, or more of your legs and less of that kind of back extension. It's is that, interesting is when you it's more it's, centric. It's interesting when you do it. It feels it feels weird. So yeah. at the, especially at the bottom of the squat, because if you've squatted a lot and you're used to just a, a standard bar, Olympic bar, and then you go use one of these bars at the at the bottom, which is why I like it. It just kind of throws the it's you're a little insta, insta, instable at the very bottom, and it's just more challenging. You would think that from, does it make you sit up more? No, it's not that it makes you well. Yeah, it kind of makes you sit up a little bit more. Mm. You would think based off of your theory, you're saying that it would be easier, but I don't think it's easier at all. Mm. I don't think it feels the way I can't. At least I can't it's do different. Yeah, yeah I can't do different. more weight on on any of those bars than I can a standard Olympic bar. And based off of what you're saying, you would think that you would be able to. I just think it would be different. I think it would be easier if that's what you always squatted with. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm wondering if it's, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't have a ton of experience, but just do you feel it more in the quads when you're doing it with one of these these types of bars because I, the center of gravity? I do the, feel it more in the quads. Yeah, I so would I, feel like it would keep you more upright, right? Because the weights are lower. Well, so what, ends up, what, what, what ends up happening is your your torso is because, again, you're, I mean, when, you, when you've trained a squat, you know, over and over and over and over, I mean, the mechanics of it, the the hinging and the and the breaking at the knees, you know, your timing is a certain way and, and you get good at that, right? Mm-hmm. Just like any other skill. And, you know, it's like if you were to use your analogy, you know, if I was hitting with a baseball bat that was ex- the same weight, the same size always, and all of a sudden you gave me something that was a little off, like... Throws you, things off. Yeah, it definitely throws things off. And so that part of it I enjoy. And I, it's kind of a way that I would throw a curveball in my training. If today was a normal back squat day, I happen to be at the Gold's Gym that has all these variations mm-hmm. of bars. I love to intermittently inject them into the workout. Every time, yeah, I try one of those uh, with a different like load where where the plates where the plates are. Like I always feel my core get like very activated. Yes. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yes. because it's it's trying to make sense out of the you know the new way to stabilize you know the weight because it's like a different feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's just displaced different. Yeah, so well, it's very active, like especially. Yeah, that's, you that's probably a, that's can a, get a, a pendulum effect, I would assume, right? Is that what you guys are talking about? Yeah. Where the weights start to move back yes. and forth? Yeah, especially on the one that were, and I don't know the name of it, but it's the variation that I thought originally was. Where it comes out and then goes down. Yeah, it goes yeah. way Rather down. So curve. it's like the weights are by your hips right. when you're standing. And when you squat down, that it really feels like it's going to swing back and forth. So I would say that what Justin just said, over all the things like as far as quads, glutes, what do I feel the most in? I probably feel the most core activation mm-hmm. because it feels so foreign and the weights displaced differently that that's really having to fire. And that's how I like to, that's how I like to use it is yeah. when I'm trying to incorporate that more. Well, what's interesting about this is it highlights how specific your adaptations are 
with strength training, you get this general adaptation. And what I mean by that is if you do a lot of barbell squats, your legs do get stronger. And so generally, you'll probably be stronger at other leg exercises as well. But the vast majority of the strength gains that you're going to get are very specific to what you're practicing. And so a slight variation, because if to the to somebody who's not experienced, if they see someone squatting with a bison bar or a straight bar, they'll look at it and be like, oh, they're, I mean, what's the difference? They're pretty much the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. But small changes make big changes or big differences in the way an exercise will feel. And it's all about that specific the, spe- the specificity of the adaptation, which is why I like these types of tools because especially for people who work out with free weights or work out in their garage, you might not have all these machines and stuff to apply all these different angles, but you can get different bars and they do feel uh, very, very different on uh, well, and, the muscles and, you're trying and to work. And this is how I feel like I would use them is when I was really consistent with my lifting and I was during competing times, I was up to the point where I was squatting 405 on a, a back squat, which is the Olympic bar. Man, nothing was better than coming in on what would be normally a routine back squat day, and I throw one of these different bars. I mean, I would be just, it would break me at 315. Mm. So, something that I could do before, like 405. So, that just a little bit would just throw throw a curveball in my routine. I see a lot of I look at them, yeah, and I look at them as kind of novelty in that. Uh, the way that I look at chains and bands and, you know, accessories like that to, to be able to kind of break the the cycle that I've been in for so long to where it provides a new stimulus, but it's still working and refining that same skill with a different stimulus, a different loading, uh, you know, a different sequence of events of, of the movement mm-hmm. um, just to be able to then apply uh, that back to that, you know, balanced load. Now, that being said, I, I do think there's an, a hierarchy of this, right? I think that you get really good at a traditional back squat and a front squat first. With, a, with an Olympic bar, really, really good first. And then, you know, once you've gotten that down really, really well, then I think tools like this are great things to... So I, so I have a lot of experience with uh, trap bars, which, you know, you could do a deadlift with a trap bar, which is similar to a straight bar deadlift, but obviously very, very different. And there's two ways that I would use it. One would be with the bodybuilder mentality, which is just different variety, different muscle activation. I'm feeling it in different places. The other was a strength athlete, uh, you know, version where I would just do trap bar deadlifts mm-hmm. for a couple months to see how far I could push that particular variation. I like that version more, mainly because I've been def- deadlifting so long. So if you're somebody who's been squatting for a long time and you've got a straight bar squat down and you've been doing it for a long time consistently, why not try using one of these variation bars and do it for like a month or two and get really, really good at it and see what happens and go back to your straight bar and see if you have any carryover. Could be fun. Next question is from Lift Up. What do you think of the USA Food Pyramid? What's good about it and what's wrong about it? Could you pull it up on the TV screen? Have they changed it? Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Could you pull up the Food Pyramid? I remember the old one. Yeah. like... I yeah. think I think it's eat not, lots of wheat and soy. I think it's <laughs> corn. I think it's still garbage. Yeah. yeah. So here's <clears throat> here's my issue with to start with my issue with food guidelines from the government. Uh, the government. <laughs> it's just a little biased. The, the, the off. Some of the it's biggest lobbies in this country are lobbies that are control these massive food producers like wheat or soy or corn, or dairy. And so there's going to be some influence in terms of you know what they're telling you uh, you should and shouldn't eat. That's a food circle, Doug. Yeah. 
And that's what they've replaced it. Oh, they replaced the pyramid with the my plate. I think they call it. Yeah. So now the, the it shows fruits, vegetables, grains, proteins, and dairy. So now they're making all the lobbies happy. It's still because they throw it, all the same ones. It's still crazy really carb heavy milk. for sure. With, yeah. If you got grains and fruits and vegetables yeah. Here, all on your plate. Here's my other problem with this, and it's this is my problem with most food uh, recommendations from most sources, is they completely negate the main reason why people have issues with food. It's because of the behaviors around the food. You, you, you can tell people what they should and shouldn't eat and give them all the great information in the world, but if they don't modify behaviors and the relationships to food, uh, good luck. Yeah, see, there's the oh, pyramid. There it is. There's the good old pyramid. That doesn't look any different. Yeah. No, that's the 1992 food pyramid. Uh, yeah, that's the one where the grains are on well, the bottom. It's and still not that much different, though. I, I think, oh, I guess the, I guess in if you were to translate that into the plate version, the plate would be a majority of the grains where it's not there. It's now vegetables. Well, I mean, it's better. Like, I mean, if yeah. if we're comparing it to what the food pyramid used to be to where it is today, yeah. it's better. We're we're heading in a in in the right direction. Yeah, but the I'm, I mean I'm not going to get on board with the dairy and the grains portion. Uh, okay, look, it, it, this is just again this is my opinion, but I think I think this is uh, pay attention to this because I, I think if you look at it the way I'm looking at it, it might make sense. If you look at the way the obesity epidemic or when it really started to take off, it really coincided well with the mass production of heavily processed foods, and heavily processed foods. I've I've, I've said this a million times on the podcast, most of the science and engineering that goes into it, some science goes into making these foods have a long shelf life. Okay, that's important because food waste, I mean, you know, vegetables and, and fruits, for example, one of the problems they run into is, uh, you know, food goes bad. They have to figure out how to get there, get it there in time, how to keep it from going bad, and they throw away a bunch. But if you make something and you process it and you put it in a box or a bag, the shelf life is a year. And so that, that problem is kind of solved. But really, most of the money that goes into heavily processed foods goes into making them as absolutely hedonistic as possible, making them as palatable as possible. And there's way more shit that goes into this than you realize. It's not just the taste. It's also the mouthfeel, the sound it makes when you crunch on it, the color, the bag, the way the bag looks, the way it's marketed, where it's placed on the shelf, the commercials. So they create this different kind of context. They've done studies where they'll take different colors of plates and they'll have people eat the same food and one color makes people eat more food. There's, you know, the environment that they buy it in. There's the, the, I remember years ago, uh, remember when Pepsi and Coke came out with clear? Yeah. Remember that? It fucking tanked, right? It was a right? disaster. It tanked, tasted exactly the same. Same with the uh, ketchup. They made green. Green uh, or black or yeah, whatever. Black, yeah. People found disaster. it less appetizing even though it had the same flavor because we like of the it taste. We like blood. Right. So most of the 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 stuff that's that goes into processed foods goes into fucking with your system, making you want to eat more. And so they've done these studies where they'll, t- they'll give people unlimited access to whole natural foods. And then they'll get, you know, single ingredient foods or very few ingredient foods. So what I mean by that is like it's meat, it's fruit, it's vegetables. Then they've given people access to unlimited amounts of processed foods, things that have long ingredient list, lists and that come in packages and have long shelf lives. And there's a significant difference in the amount of food people eat when they when it's heavily processed. And so I think that's one of the big issues here that we're not examining is, because think about it, Any, everybody listening right now, at some point you've tried to make your nutrition better, right? You've tried to eat healthier and you had some good 
general information. I think most people know that calories matter and macronutrients to an extent are important and you probably shouldn't overeat. What's the obstacle that gets in your way? Is it your lack of knowledge or is it you fucking, it's hard. It's behaviorally, it's hard. You want to eat more. You start eating mindlessly. That's the thing that they're ignoring that nobody's talking about. So, so, so explain what your suggestion is here with it, because you're talking about a, a, a visual, a plate. Like, what do you want labeled on? There? I think they need to address the processed food issue. I think they need to address the hedonistic value of foods and say to people, look, if you're trying to eat appropriate amounts of food, then you need to eat foods that are whole and natural and not processed because it'll make it very, very difficult for. Because grains, what falls under the the category of grains. Mm. I could do like chips, you know, whole grain chips or Pop-tarts. cereals or right, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's going to change how that grain is presented. Um, there's a big difference between a potato and a potato chip or, uh, you know, a fruit or a fruit juice. Fruit juice is also more palatable than the eating the fruit itself. I think that's what they need to tackle. I don't think these, these pyramids or these plates are going to help. At all. This is why I like the the whole thirty. So if you like something generic like a food pyramid or or a plate like that, I thought the whole thirty did a really good job um, as far as keeping it simple for people, but then also addressing like the processed foods. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think it makes a big difference. And then the schools, you know, they're, they're terrible with. I think they counted. They were supposed to have vegetables, a serving of vegetables, and they counted tomato sauce or ketchup <laughs> as a vegetable. So like a slice of pizza covered the dairy, it covered the vegetable, and it covered the grain uh, category. That's so great. I've so heard now somebody try and say that was a vegetable before, and I just shook my head. Yeah, and then the fruit would be like a fruit cup that was... So let me ask you guys a question. Let's say we took two groups of people, and one group of people ate fruit cups, which usually have, you know, like the fruit juice in there and they're cut up. And and then you had the other fruit, the other group just had fruit with the peel on it and everything. And you told them, eat as much as you want. Don't worry about it, whatever. Which group do you think is going to eat more, (laughs) more calories? Right. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what they're not addressing. And I think that's a bigger problem than the knowledge of what's good and what's not good. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I work with clients, there's a lot of shit that they don't know, but generally they know some stuff yeah. like like oh yeah I know that's not healthy but I eat it anyway and I know I know I need to be eating that and that's so I don't think it's necessarily like an information problem no it's, that's a good point I mean we're already that far right like, there's a lot of people that still like get their nutrients from fast food you know so they're trying to figure yeah. that out and it's it, like we're trying to get them to to have these whole foods that's a giant step for I, them. sometimes I think too there's it's information overload. Yeah. Totally. There's, there's so much counter information that it's like, what do you believe? Totally. I mean, obviously, it's it's part of why, you know, I mean, we, we grew the podcast that we did is just to help people with that. I think that there's so much information. You could read one book that counters the other one, and they both sound so smart because they're all scientifically based. But it's yeah. like, so if you're a consumer, it's like, fuck, where do I go? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. Plus, look at the individual variants. So they're recommending a lower fat, higher carbohydrate diet. But I know people who are far healthier and feel much better on the reverse, a higher fat, lower carbohydrate diet. Mm. Um, so that individual variance is, is, is huge from person to person, but what's the one big problem that people have in modern societies with their food consumption too much. Yeah. They just eat too much. And well, that's we, what they're not talking about. We've talked about it on the show. And, and of course there's, there's always going to be an individual variance, but in my experience, it, it's so, so much easier just to tell a client, like, 
you can have almost anything you want. Just stick with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that's like a, just a, a broad statement, but a majority of people won't under over consume if they do that. They really yeah. won't. It's, it's really it's tough to, yeah, it, it is tough. It's, it's tough to eat 3000 calories of all whole foods. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was, it took me years before I figured that out. And that was just kind of like what I did with clients. It's like, listen, I, I'm open for you exchanging these out. Here's your general meal plan that I want you to follow. But if you go, go off of this, that's fine. Just stick with whole mm-hmm. foods. Yeah, it, just not getting calories from liquids. Yeah, you that's know, drinking one. it like yeah. that. <laughs> it's so funny. Like that was one I brought up almost with every single client I've ever had, and that was like, you know, right away that that was like a you know a game changing thing the first month. Dude, yeah, it's easier to consume calories in liquid form to the point where I was reading an article on uh, I think it was Brian Shaw, strongman competitor. Yeah, uh, so this guy needs to consume. 8,000 calories right, or something so he like that. has to drink So it. he's like, fuck, what do I... So you know what this guy does? He makes, and I think it's him. I hope it's that guy. It was a, If it wasn't with him, it was another strongman. He makes these chicken shakes where he blends yeah. chicken breasts and other stuff in a blender, <laughs> and he brings like eight of these shakes to work, and he's like, Ugh. I can't fucking chew and eat all this food. Go, go, go. Because, because again, it's, it's a way to hack the system. And to be clear, humans have been processing food ever since we started... You know, making food, cooking it as a part of processing, adding seasoning as a part of a, a way to make food more palatable. The difference is we didn't have modern science where it's almost not fair. You know what I'm saying? It's almost not fair when you have yeah. something so fast, so easy, so cheap, and they're able to combine all these different flavors and things in ways that just weren't n- normally possible. Good luck trying to eat the right amount when you're consuming these types of foods. You're having, you're going to have a tough battle. It's going to be very, very difficult. So, and they don't talk about any of that at all. They just say, eat your grains, your fruits, whatever. And then there's this broad type of, you know, I think people have the information. I just, I just think they need to be taught, like, here's what works and here's what doesn't work in terms of behaviors. Next question is from Buzzy2K. What do you guys think about celebrity transformations? Inspiring or dangerous? Mm. I mean, it, dangerous? I don't know. I, I don't think most celebrity transformations uh, disclose everything that they did. And I don't even know. That's if, a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I, and, and then I don't even know if any of them even align at all with what they really did. Like most was like gastric bypass or something. I mean, typically with the, with a celebrity transformation, it's just, it's a, it, they use as a marketing tool. Yeah. It's, it's no different than um, how they would hire somebody like me when I was competing. Right. So, and I didn't know this until I got into competing that this is how this worked, but like all the magazines and supplement companies, they hang around all the pro shows and they pick out of the, like, you know, your, your top 10, uh, you know, who looks the most marketable, look great on a magazine. They find a guy like myself, they walk over and they say, Hey, listen, we'd like to pay you $5,000. Um, and we'd like to shoot an ad for our supplement or our diet or our, you know, transformation program, whatever the fuck it may be. And they pay someone like me $5,000 to get fat. And then you just reverse the pictures. That's, that's just so fucked up. Right. Yeah. But it's like, it's how, and when it's you- way easier to do it that way. Well, though. when you think about it from a company standpoint, it's, it's safe. Yeah. Right, like you, because they got the hard picture. Model. Yeah, 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 you don't want to, you don't want to take a guy like me when he's fat and out of shape, and say, "Hey, we want to pay you five thousand dollars to get into the best shape you've ever been in your life." That's and, hard, and yeah. hopes, you don't know what you're going to look like. Right, yeah. right. So what they do is they go find somebody who's already, oh wow, look at that physique, look at that. Oh, they're marketable. That's a nice after picture. Right, we want that guy. It's a great after picture. Go take the picture now. Go eat like shit for the next, which six, is easy. Yeah, which is very easy to not fuck <laughs> up. Right, don't exercise. Go I eat can like do shit. That. Yeah, and then they then they do this. So uh, the celebrity transformation thing, no different. Uh, yeah. So 
I, I don't I don't think it's inspiring or dangerous as much as it is bullshit. I mean, most of the stuff that yeah. you see out there is is designed to uh, market and sell you whatever said idea is, whether it be uh, a supplement or the greatest transformation or their new program or an app or whatever. So I mean, I, I don't just, see. Here's why I don't like the celebrity transformation stuff. And by the way, they only exist because we keep buying their shit. So I, yeah. I, that's fine. They can if people are reacting to it, it's our fault that they exist. But here's why I don't like them. It's because uh, people compare themselves to celebrities and celebrities have almost nothing in common with the average person. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you're Beyonce or you're, you know, who's the dude that played Thor in, uh, uh, that played Thor? What's oh, his right. name? Yeah. yeah handsome, Justin's man crush. bastard. Yeah. Ju- Justin's uh, man crush. Can't believe I man. forgot his name. I want to hug him. Yeah. What's his name? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, Thank yeah, you very Hemsworth. much. So he, it's someone like him. So, he wants to get in shape because he's going to play Thor. So the movie producers or whatever, the big production company goes to him and says, hey, you're going to play, play Thor. We're going to pay you $10 million. Um, you need to get in shape in three months. Here's your personal trainer. Here's your chef. And, and here's your stack of anabolic steroids. Yeah, maybe anabolic steroids. Yeah. And your job is that. So now imagine this. Imagine if you had no responsibilities, so you didn't have a job. You don't have to worry about your kids. Most of these celebrities have expensive nannies that take care of the kids. You, you That's all you're going to do. We're going to give you the trainer. The trainer's going to live with you. Half the time, these trainers live with them, follow them. Then they have nutritionists. Well, yeah, you're going to have a fucking crazy yeah. transformation. Awesome. That is not you. That is not you at all. And so comparing yourself to these people is not fair to you. I can compare yourself to anybody is not fair, but especially not to a celebrity who's going to have all this insane And tools. especially something that popped up on your Instagram feed or something that got mailed to you or popped in your email. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like half that stuff is bullshit marketing tactics. Yeah, That's it all is. it is. But imagine what, you, what, what do you think you could accomplish if we're like, hey, dude, you know, hey, well, Justin, you got I mean, three months, but you don't got to do nothing but work out and we'll give you your food. One of the things that I <laughs> I don't share that much, we just don't talk about it anymore that much. But when, when I did my fat to fit transformation and then went all the way to competing, I mean, I, I had set myself up in a, in a place financially where I didn't really have to work and my entire life revolved around competing. This was a business strategy you know, for you. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's nice when you don't have kids, you don't really, I didn't really have a job other than working out and training and, and all of my decisions that I made on a day to day, my, my hardest decision I had to make is if I was doing family stuff or Katrina and I were going somewhere where I'd have to bring my meals. Other than that, everything was centered around my workout, my mm-hmm. recovery, and and making my meals for the week. And yeah, so that's a part of the, the the hack of why I made as great of a transformation as I did in the short amount of time that I did was my complete life was dedicated mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at they have these camps that they send people to, um, where it's like I'm going to go here. It's an obese it's for it's for obesity. I'm going to live in this camp for the next month or two. They provide me with all my meals. I have structured workouts. The success rate, if we were to measure it by how much weight people lost when they went to those camps, is ex- it's it's incredible. It's incredible success. But if you measure their long-term success, it's terrible. People come home, they don't they can't integrate what they just learned because what they just learned made sense in that crazy, weird environment that wasn't their real life. So then they go back to the real life and they gain all the weight back. It's like the biggest loser. Like they show up for this TV show, cameras are on them, the trainer beats the shit out of them. They're, that's all they're doing is losing weight. Then they go back to their real life and, and a big percentage of them 
you know, gain the weight back. So, right. and so it's I definitely don't look at these celebrity. I mean, is it possible? Yes. Under what circumstances I think is what you need to ask yourself. And here's the second thing. If you ever, when anytime you compare yourself to anybody, you're not doing yourself any good. If you want to make improvements uh, on yourself, all you need to do is be a little bit better than you were. Mm-hmm. That's it. And think about it this way. Like if I take a, if I take a, a, a laser beam, and laser beams are straight, right? So if I shoot a laser beam, and I, from my end, I just move it one degree to the left, and you follow that laser beam down for 50 miles, how off center is that laser beam going to be? Potentially, it could be miles, because the further down you go down that line, the more of a difference that trajectory makes. So think of it that way. If every single day you just change your direction a half a degree off of where you were yesterday. It's all you got to do. You're going to make huge changes in a year or two years or whatever. And it's much more of a realistic approach. And you're comparing yourself to the only person that it's fair to compare yourself to, which is yourself. Because again, you don't know all of the things that that person has gone through or what they're doing and what their life looks like and how much money they spend on people making their food and what their motivations are and any of that shit. You don't know any of this stuff. So comparing yourself to those people, super not fair to yourself. And celebrities are just celebrities are just in their own crazy world anyway. Did you guys see what Natalie Portman said about oh stop veganism? Did no, you see that? No, no, please. She said that uh, <laughs> I don't she's a, the oh you'll love this one. <laughs> she said she was a hardcore. She's a hardcore feminist, right? And she said, oh, I connected my veganism to feminism because I realized that the milk that we get from animals comes from female animals and the eggs we get are from female chickens. And so, you know, being vegan is also, you know, good for women. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Connecting the dots. Yeah, exactly. It's really all that. Awesome. They're, they're in their, they're yeah. on their own narcissistic, crazy, weird bubble. And so I wouldn't, yeah, I try I not to look pay at anything they do. Celebrities yeah. and, and their habits and all that. It's great that they get in shape for a movie or whatever, but you know, like I'm not going to hold that into my world of working out or like it doesn't make any sense for me to kind of bring that in. Well, yeah. and not to mention half of them don't really look like what you see either. Yeah. A lot of them are photoshopped. 300 up, was all photoshopped. Makeuped up. It's yeah. like it and, and and at the peak of whatever their fitness. And then you see them in real life and they're like, oh, fuck, they don't even look nothing yeah. like that. Do they yeah, even? It's and, weak. and then lastly, of course, they know nothing about, most of them don't know anything oh. about fitness. But they're free to like give advice about it. Yeah. She's yeah. always, it's always great. There's a few celebrities that really make fitness uh, that's always been a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Wahlberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. He's LL like, Cool J. LL Cool he's J. Always got a he's another guy. He's always been working out. The, strong physique. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson. He's been doing it for a while, but most of them are full of shit, so I wouldn't listen to them. Anyway, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any of our guides for free. They cost nothing. You can also find us all on social media. Instagram is our social media uh, channel of choice. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. And Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.